0: You are now tuned in to the Right to Live podcast, and here is your host, Soleil
1: Divine. Greetings, Right to Livers. Uh, we are back with part two of our interview with certified life coach, counselor, and author, Aubrey Sturdivant. He is a um, what I would call a genius in self mastery, and you can hear from our first part of our interview that he has a very rare perspective and insight and clarity into uh, self mastery, self love, healing, um, just always to be a better you, be the best higher self that you can be. Um, in the second part, we we dive a little bit deeper into his self uh, publishing process. And what he did and the hurdles that he overcame. So stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Aubrey Sturdivant. This episode is brought to you by Intentions Care. Intentions is launching their brand new state-of-the-art anti-anxiety pain-relieving body butter. Look, y'all got to get to Instagram, get over to Intentions Care, see what they're bringing out. This body butter will change your life. Now stay tuned for the episode. Um, as far as the process of self-publishing, I know your book's available on Amazon. Um, what issues did you have with the technical part of self-publishing?
0: Well, Amazon, um, it has its own limitation or in other words, it puts you within a box. So my book is very, um, it, it, it has a um, wide range of knowledge and points of views. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't sell my product um, for their price, which is $10. Mm -hmm. I sell it for $25. And that's because um, their price takes away from my years of research, my years of experience, my years of study and observation. So all of what I put into this book is a a very uh, in-depth part of my mind. And I allowed to, to basically to be exposed in such a way that it was going to be able to benefit, you know, um, everyone, every person worldwide Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to limit it to just Amazon. So the beautiful aspect of it all is that I do have a, um, social, social media platform to where I can sell my book to different past customers or past clients and also to new potential clients or customers. And then with Amazon, um, they make you wait maybe two or three months for you to even get your money. So Mm -hmm. they sell it for their own price for one, and then they want 30%, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is their own agenda for whatever reason. I'm not to say, I'm, I'm no one to say that they shouldn't do it, because that's what I signed up for when I chose to publish with them. Yeah. But I knew that I was still gonna take my own route and take things within my own hands.
1: Did, did that, um, well, I guess the answer is gonna be yes to this question. Uh, I, I think when I talk to people about self-publishing and they ask me how to publish a book, uh, a lot of them usually come to me and the book's not done yet. And getting the book done is probably 85% of the situation. Once mm, you get it okay. done, uh it's pretty simple after that. You gotta get your cover and make a few other decisions, but that book getting done is the hardest part. But um the belief in yourself through the process, um, did you ever mm. waver in a way? Um or say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like truthfully, yes. um, like uh, cause each book is different. I've written about a hundred now and I feel like um mm-hmm. each one has its own own issues. So did in this book. Did you ever waver in this self-publishing process and, and want to give up? Was there any part of it that that stumped you? Because I, I want to give people um, some kind of insight if they're going through the same thing.
0: Okay. Well, first off, I would say yes, I did. Um, it was a lot of ups and downs. <clears throat> so I went through a lot of um, emotional battles. So I pub I published the book October 7th, 2019 I started writing the book maybe um the summertime or of 2019 Mm -hmm. so I finished the book in probably five six months or less um but in the process of actually writing the book and figuring out what I was going to write um I didn't I didn't know how I was going to get this far you know and that's another reason why I say it's like a spiritual download like logically when you analyze it it's like okay, how are you going to arrive? How are you going to arrive at 100 pages? Yeah. You're at page one. Yeah. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> and nobody's going to come in and do this for you? That yes. these, these words aren't going to magically appear? Uh, there's no shortcuts to it? Like, so how <laughs> yes. am I going to get to the end of this? I'm, I'm with you. I feel you. I feel you.
0: <laughs> and I was just, you know, I started to really um, just have a lot of spiritual messages because, you know, everything you send out, it's going to come back to you in one form or another. Yeah. So you can be thinking of something and you can see something on Facebook and it can it can speak to your situation. So I would I would always study people and come across people and they talk about like, um, they would randomly, you know, I would feel like, um, I wouldn't be looking up, you know, um, people about writing books, but they'll just end up talking about their book process. So that's why I say like, what you're thinking, it's going to come back to you yeah. when you least expect it. So, People would just tell me, like, they'd give me different tips about their process. Um, and then, like, one guy, um, Robert Robert Green, mm-hmm. um, one book, it took him five years, you know. Um, one book uh, he wrote, he had a stroke, just writing it, just off the what? stress of trying to put the book together, what? you know. <laughs>
1: Hold on, man. <laughs> yes.
0: Robert Green, who created the 48 uh, Laws of Power.
1: This uh, this publishing thing can get intense. He had a yeah. He had a stroke of yeah. the the stressful energy of writing. Wow, because he
0: was so obsessed with the concept and stressing on what to write and and feeling um he he just put a lot of pressure on himself to get the book done, and with all of that pressure, you I'm gonna just put it this way. Um, if you're writing and your spirits say, okay, you didn't wrote four, five pages, you need to take a break. But in your mind, you're like, uh, I need to take a break, but I want to try to write a hundred pages in one night. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that's exactly what he did, but he did something to that effect. And yeah. I know because for him to have that kind of, um, um, physical reaction or issue or problem It relates to him being too focused on something um, that he should allow himself to to pace itself because you can put a lot of pressure on yourself and that's okay because the mind is, is infinite. The mind can do like unbelievable things, Mm -hmm. but it's still a certain realistic aspect that you have to have with the physical body and you have to know how to work with the spiritual, with the physical body along with your spirit. So in other words, like, for example, if a person is running, like I I ran co- cross country. So I ran 13 miles. So when you run a long distance, it's like a part of your mind is saying, um, keep going. But your body is saying, OK, you're tired. Now, the brain naturally is always seeking to keep to keep us comfortable. So what the brain does is sends us thoughts that give us reasons and gives us excuses and reasons why we should avoid running that extra mile. But see, when you push against your body and you keep running, then you can bring forth a higher level of energy that you had in storage, because willpower is limited. Self-control is limited. So when you exert self-control, you can only exert so much throughout the day and then eventually you're going to have to surrender to the, to your impulsive urges oh. because what the body does, it it utilizes um, a, a certain amount of energy, but it saves and it stores away a certain amount of energy just in case um, uh, a certain major dramatic event takes place or um, an emergency or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. So um, what he was doing... He was pushing past that part of himself that was telling him like, okay, you need to take a break because remember that brain, your brain is always trying to keep you comfortable mm-hmm. and growth only takes place on the other side of your comfort zone. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you have to still give yourself a break and be able to pace yourself. So, um, if I was to keep writing, like I could have been writing all night, but, that would strain my mind, my body, my physical. Like if I'm sitting in a chair for too long for six, ten hours a night, and I'm trying to write a book, that can weigh on my legs, on my hips, on my Definitely. on my physical. Yeah. So I feel like it just needs to be a balance. And um
1: I uh, and I know I talk
0: a lot, so no.
1: uh, what's your
0: question? It was no, I, you asked.
1: I uh my mind is going a million different places now, <laughs> and I'm thinking more so about Robert Greene and the stroke um pressure that's what comes to mind truthfully pressure and i want to ask you a question though about pressure um that i asked my husband a couple weeks ago um traditional publishing is probably pressurized you have to put out a book and so in this amount of time you have to get it to them you're not in control of anything they are the publishing company is in control that's why i self-published so i can be in control And the same thing you said so pressure was probably what caused him to sit in that space or be so uh, heightened to get that book done. If that's exactly what happened and what which, yes. which you surmise and what I think that's what happened. Yes. But do you think that pressure is real or is it something mm. perceived by the mind? I don't know what conversation my husband and I were having about it, but um, just thinking about like uh, the pressures we put on ourselves, and that's probably something that you observed when you were subconscious, in my opinion, uh, from you know birth to 12. That you know what you find that you have to be in a constraint of. So, do you think pressure is real?
0: Um, yes, yes, I do to some extent. Um, What I feel like what makes people have this unstoppable energy because the the name of my new book is um, the the unstoppable mindset, the unstoppable Mm, mindset, and it deals with um, the unstoppable mindset versus the limited mindset. Now, when you're dealing with the unstoppable mindset, that individual belief is that there's no limit to the things that he or she can accomplish. Now, with the limited mindset, there's a limited self, self-imposed self limitation upon that person, and they only believe that they can only go so far or do so much. So, like, for example, um, people um, run 100-mile marathons, mm-hmm. and- at first, I I didn't think it was real, but you, we have people that every year they run 100 mile marathons.
1: I think his name is now, David Goggins. Have you heard of him? Yes. Yeah. David
0: Goggins. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Madman. Yeah. It, and
0: yeah. it, it see, that's that's something that um that opens our psyche up into another dimension of what is humanly possible. So when you're dealing with pressure, I feel like there has to be some level of um, preventative measures. So, like our ancestors dating back to ancient Egypt, they didn't um, disease or being sick is something that's more new because people rarely got sick in ancient times. Now they used to pre- pre- they used to practice, in other words, um, preventative um, measures or uh, what's they used to practice prevention, basically. Gotcha, so yeah. they didn't worry about sickness because they was always striving to prevent it. They always took preventative measures. So when you're dealing with the physical, if there's potential pressure, then you should allow yourself to give yourself that balance for that time to rest in order to recharge your energy so that even when you face the pressure again moving forward, you have enough energy that you can basically built back up to where you can surpass the pressure. So I feel like you can push past your limits and you can keep pushing past them. Um, and I feel like there's a certain breaking point to where, um, because let me say this, mm-hmm. I was watching a video um, of a neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And he was speaking about um, inside of the brain, what takes place when people are making decisions. And he was utilizing the example of saying when a person is running, for example, they're doing one or two things. One part of them is saying stop, you know, their body is tired, but their mind, their conscious, is saying keep going. Now, in this decision making process, you can give in to one side and and whatever side you give in is going to determine the next outcome right after that. So you can either choose the the push forward with your conscious, with your willpower, because the thing is this, your subconscious is your super spiritual conscious. So your subconscious mind never goes to sleep all throughout your life. And your subconscious is directly connected to the universal conscious. So the subconscious is your super spiritual conscious, which has an unlimited supply of energy. So your body can get tired, but your spirit can override the body. Now, it's all based upon reason, purpose, in your why. So if you have um, a scenario that relates to one of your family members being hurt, then that particular situation will inspire you to bring out a certain level of energy that you have never probably knew that you could tap into. Now, pressure... It's a reality when your why or your reason isn't as big. But when you have a reason so big, you have a person, a purpose um, that's so gigantic and you have something driving you, mm-hmm. then you can bring out this unstoppable energy because that's a, that's chapter two of the book, Unstoppable Energy. So you can bring out this unstoppable energy and you can pull in the reality that you want to pull in because... Everything is possible. All realities are possible. So if you can see yourself making it to the end without stopping or without giving in without giving up, it's a reality. But the, the thing is this are you willing to put up with what it takes to basically make that reality come into fruition or to come full circle? So That's, pressure yeah. is real, but it's not it's not about challenges, it's not about pressure. It's about your perception of a challenge. Do you feel like a challenge is bigger than you? Do you feel like the pressure is bigger than you? So even if something is resisting, mm-hmm. which is basically pressure, mm-hmm. it's a form of resistance, and, and tension is when the body is resisting, it's, it's a form of resistance within the body, and that tension ultimately comes from pressure. Now, if you have that tension, I feel like you have to allow yourself to release that tension in order to basically um, surpass that pressure. So, like, if a person is saying certain things with a certain energy, it may be negative, for example, mm-hmm. and a part of me is in resistance to speak my truth. But the moment I speak my truth, I release that tension so I can relieve myself of that pressure as long as I shift my perspective. But it's all perspective. You know what think, perspective
1: I'm with you. I think um I just had a, a thought that i th- I feel like um you said releasing your truth uh releasing a book can be releasing your truth, and maybe there's <laughs> there's therapeutic energy in that. so I yes. know you're working on the next book. Never belittle your greatness. um now that you've published this, uh how much easier is this process of this new book for you? Mm-hmm. And how quick do you think that you'll have that out? No pressure, but just wondering no, like, what, your, what your process is. I mean,
0: that's an excellent, great question, because I feel like I was telling myself mentally in my head, um, like two nights ago, that this process is way more smoother. Mm-hmm. Like I could, like, for example, in the past, I used to have different um, emotional battles with my confidence and my, my self-esteem and the stress I was dealing with at the at that point and phase in phase of my life, mm-hmm. and with me knowing all of what I know, and me having so many different responsibilities, um, I would find myself overthinking. I would find myself um, underestimating my greatness. I would find myself um, seeking outside validation still, because when you put in a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. and you feel like that you're being undervalued or you're underrated, then you feel like, okay, I'm sending out all of this loving energy. I'm educating people in my environment, people in my family, people in my circle, but they may not know the stress that comes behind all of that energy that uh, I'm basically displaying. And I'm displaying all of this energy, but after a while, you want a certain energy exchange. So it was like I was giving out one thing, but I wasn't receiving what I was giving out in another form. So <clears throat> that weighed on my spirit to whereas me writing a book is like, w- will it even make a difference? Will it even be relevant? Will people even like it? Will people even give it uh, focus or attention? And that, that thought process came from the thought process of me already feeling underrated or undervalued. So that was just one perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. of one thought process, because like in a chapter, Never Belittle Your Greatness, um, there's a chapter called Multi-Vibrational Self.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Chapter five, yep. mm, See, (laughs) chapter
0: five. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And and that chapter is all about um, us as people having multiple different energetic expressions. So we don't have one identity, we have multiple different identities, and we exist on multiple different energetic levels. So being around a certain environment or a certain person at a certain place at a certain time can activate and bring to the surface different parts of yourself. So for example, you go around your friends from high school versus your friends um, that you grew up around or your parents or your brothers and your sisters – they all bring out a different part of you. They all bring out a different part of me. And not only that, um, we have different perceptions of ourselves when we're around different people and different kind of people. So a certain collective of people or a certain group of people, they may see me as being this very, very powerful person. So I may see myself as being even more powerful compared to if I was around my family that look, look at me as the same person that was 16, 15, 14, 13, you know, they probably see you as being the same person. Like, even when you show your family, uh, you this different person, you evolve, you think different, you operate different. They still see you as the same person as the person that you were when you was younger. So they're still stuck in the past. Yeah. That book is all about just how you exist on multiple different energetic levels and people activate different vibrational frequencies. Like if I'm talking to you, you're a high vibrational vibrational individual and that brings out the greatness within me. I,
1: I I think by listening to you and following you and hearing your messages and definitely by reading your book, I've got it on my... Kindle app. Uh, mm. Never belittle your greatness has already blessed me and given me a, a even higher insight on myself and on the people around me. Um, mm. Thank so, you. That's so powerful. On, on the cover, someone else's thinking doesn't exist without your thinking and their thinking. Only your thoughts exist. I, I, I'm blown away by your story, Aubrey. I'm blown away by everything that you're doing and your your wisdom and your insight. And uh, it's been a real blessing to have mm. you on the first episode of "Right to Live." Um, yes. In closing, any, any advice you have real quick to give uh, aspiring authors on the self-publishing process or, or what it took, you know, for you to get through? Now moving into your second book?
0: Mm. I would say this: know that, the, know that the book is already within your heart. It's already written all you're doing is basically writing and typing and just writing from your heart. Don't overthink it. Live less in your head, live more in your reality because sometimes we can live so much in our head that we don't live in our reality or we're not actively engaged in the present moment. So we can be mentally somewhere else. So like um, the book is called, Never belittle your greatness, mm-hmm. only your thoughts exist. Mm-hmm. And that's all about helping people understand that someone else's thinking doesn't matter without you thinking about their thinking. So your thinking is the most important thinking because their thinking wouldn't exist without your thinking about their thinking. So everything that I'm saying right now is only important only if everyone listening makes it important yeah. to them in their reality. But in my reality, it's all about how I perceive me. But when you allow the world and you allow other people's thoughts and perspectives to influence how you operate throughout life, then that's the only thing that can hinder your process because many intellectuals, we underestimate ourselves. And one reason is because the brain naturally dwells on negativity and highlight negativity more than positivity. And another reason is because We live in a world where many people don't value what's valuable. So everyone doesn't value what's valuable. So you may be doing things that you see as being very valuable, very positive, very educational. Mm -hmm. But then you may have a lot of people or most people, 80 to 90% of people may not focus on positivity to the level that you do or to the level that they should do for their benefit. Mm -hmm. So when people are dedicated to the wrong things and not the right things, then that can kind of, um, it can leave you with a lack of support, whereas you can have a, a a lack of self-confidence and the more and more you start to define your own reality and, and, and to decide that only my thoughts exist and everyone else's thoughts exist only if I make them exist. And with that thought process, it allows you to basically embody your reality more than someone else's reality. So one thing I always say is never stop being you so other people can be them. Never underestimate your self-worth and your self-value and overestimate someone else's self-worth and self-value. Never highlight someone else's characteristics over your characteristics. And that's so that people can understand that there's no one more important than you than you.
1: Yeah, and definitely.
0: that's because you have the power. I'm only great because you're great. I just have a piece of the puzzle. But you have a piece of the puzzle that the world needs. Yeah. Someone in the world has a problem waiting on your solution. I'm just providing my solution, my perspective, my peace. And that's because in life I learned that you can only write from your heart only when you're living from your heart. And you're not living from your heart if you do belittle your greatness. So the only way you can truly express from your heart is by living everything that you're writing. Because if you live it, then it's easy to basically put put it into words. And then one last thing I'm I'm going to say is don't be afraid to look in other books and see how they go about writing their books. Because I look at multiple different books. I pay yeah. attention to their grammar. Mm-hmm. I pay attention to their writing patterns or habits. And I pay attention to how they how they choose to basically start off a sentence and how they choose to use just different things within a book so that I can have a wide range of knowledge on how I can choose to approach my book. Like, I know one book, the grammar is not all the way on point, mm-hmm. but... It's a book that's extremely powerful to us. It's inspiring thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. The book is called The Power of Concentration. Mm -hmm. And all of the information is sophisticated information, but you may find one or two errors. And I'm pretty sure that the person who wrote it wasn't too concerned with being perfect. (laughs) So don't be too concerned with being perfect. Even with my book, I feel like... um, there's like 3% of errors of that I still have to go back and fix, but if you look at majority of the information, you're going to look at it and say, okay, this is life-changing information. This is it's, it's information that will basically blow your mind away, but at the same time, it's not perfect. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect, not but anything. as long as it's perfect for you, because the book is a reflection of you, because some people may have books out um, and their grammar is on point, but their quality of information may not be as sophisticated as yours. And that's one thing I also kept within my psyche. So, um, I'm that's just you, one thing.
1: No, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up about perfection. Um, the, the, the main reason also that I wanted to have you on as the first, uh, first interviewee of Right to Live is that, um. Out of the millions of people that I told you the statistics, it's probably double that for people that have anxiety. Um, I think authors are probably about half of that number. (laughs) Creatives are probably about half or whatever of that number. And um, I think for me, when I figured out that I had anxiety, because I didn't really understand it, I thought that anxiety... I mean, because popular media does a horrible job of explaining what anxiety is. I thought that anxiety was... uh, the the side effects of having like a heart attack, like heart palpitations, mm. like, and I mean, it can be, but for some people it's different. And for me, it was different. It was like almost a stomach ache, like a solar plexus type of uh, <laughs> uh, yes. just a concentrated energy in that area. Yes. And I didn't know what the hell it was. I didn't, I thought I was maybe hungry or for mm. years, I've had this for years, my whole life. And um, it made writing excruciating because I had put this pressure on myself for five years. Writing was my sole source of income. So it's like I had to get these many books out of here. That's why I have so many books. Um, mm,
0: I'm proud of you, too. That's thank powerful. You.
1: Thank you. Thank uh, you.
0: Man. I ain't, I didn't even know that you did all of what you did until you had told me, like, 20 minutes I, ago.
1: I don't do a good job of talking about it. Um, I don't do a good job of putting it out there. I feel like... Um, and that's um, also what I've learned from you and what I'm sure other people will learn in reading Never Belittle Your Greatness, it's, um, you don't, you don't talk to a lot of people that look like us that, that write, and that have written so many books. And sometimes when I say it to people, I feel like the energy I get from them was, um, blase or negative. So I stopped saying it. I was belittling myself. Mm. I was squashing who I was. (laughs) Um, to make them feel more comfortable, you know? Cause okay. I just felt like when I said, hey, I've got these books out or my conversation is about books and publishing, it was like a mute energy. Um, I was around the wrong energy basically. And I was um, I was having this perception about what they were thinking and they might not even be thinking that. That's why in the book, you know, think about your thinking about other people's right. thinking. But um, I say all that to say, cause I want authors to know that um, your book doesn't have to be perfect. That quality is subjective my first probably my first bestseller was a book called right to live and right mm. to live um i didn't know much about editors i didn't have a lot of money i hired an editor i think i found a school teacher on craigslist to edit my first book and it had errors mm. in it but it was selling like crazy errors that i yes. didn't even pick up on and when i did find the errors um i don't like to be told what to do <laughs> and i felt like some people were complaining and I felt like my way to stick it to them was like, you know what? I'm going to leave the errors in there and I'm going to still sell a hundred books a day. Yes. Um, that's I, just, powerful. I was being defined in that way, but I just want authors to know um, in this podcast and in a future podcast about their mind and how it's so hard to sit in that chair and read that book because you might have anxiety. You might be depressed and to unlock that, you got to go deep within yourself and figure out what traumas you have and what lies you told yourself. When you went through mm-hmm. those traumas yes. I went through some trauma and i told myself a lot of lies that i didn't understand that were lies until i talked to you two and a half something years ago and mm-hmm. you just said one sentence um mm-hmm. that changed everything for me so it's an honor it's a privilege to to talk wise you. uh, your presence is a gift aubrey i, I really feel i really received that from you i thank you for that and Can I say one last thing. Yes, of course. Okay.
0: Um, I love you brought up anxiety. One thing I learned from a research study is that anxiety is another form of excitement and excitement is another form of anxiety, but it's all mm. about perspective that makes the okay. difference. Now, if you have anxiety and you want anxiety, then it doesn't affect you. But the moment you resist it or you run from it, is when it actually weighs on you. So like, if you, if anxiety is at your door knocking and you say anxiety, come in, come in anxiety, sit Mm -hmm. down. Anxiety is gonna be like, okay, something is wrong here. And anxiety (laughs) is gonna hurry up and rush out. But if you're at the door and you're like anxiety, you can't come in, this, this, that and the third, then anxiety is gonna be trying to break down the door and try to come in. But in other words, the more and more you surrender, the more and more it comes and leaves. That's when you surrender to the energy. You surrender to the ebb and flow and you allow everything, you allow nature to take its course. If you resist the emotion, which is energy in motion, then you only stagnate the energy. But the moment you allow it to flow is the moment you, you, see you gain control by letting go of control. And that's what I learned in my life. You gain control by letting go of control.
1: I receive that. I feel that. And I think um sometimes when you're writing and you've belittled your greatness or you've believed that you're not as great as you think you are. Cause like in different books I've read, especially in Power versus Force, I could talk about that book all day, but um <laughs> talks about being a genius in ways that yeah. we don't necessarily conventionally think of a genius. And so for me, I have that genius level and but I was around people yes. that I felt like I needed to squash it. I didn't want to talk about how these different things. I could say something, like you say, you you see something blue and you're concentrated on it all day. I can't have those conversations with some people that I'm around and I felt like, I don't know, I just felt very small and I know you talk about that in your book, um, I had to shrink myself, I felt like to be around those people. So when you're doing that, you're holding out the anxiety or that excitement mm. about that thing. I put a padlock on the door, I had like 10 locks. It was but. metal, it was a metal door. Um, but when you accept that and you don't belittle your greatness, I think um that anxiety dissipates in a way. Yes. And it's easier to get those words. That's out.
0: that pressure. The pressure yeah. is not fully expressing your truth. See, if I want you to the basically the the to basically be perfect and never display any negative characteristic trait, then I'm being unrealistic because yeah. that's you human being nature. you. The only way you can be authentic is by you being aggressively you. If you're passively you, then that's only one side, but you have to balance yourself out and allow yourself to be serious about displaying your greatness. And with that, it doesn't mean that you're being aggressive to where you're being enraged or you're being negative, but what it means that you don't sugarcoat your truth. So in other words, you challenge people and you hold them up to a high standard to display their greatest version because it's not about coming across people and living within a box or limiting your expression because the book, Never Belittle Your Greatness, one key thing that it focuses on is never holding back your expression, never limiting your truth or your expression of truth. And that's so important because you would never feel satisfied within yourself until you allow yourself to fully express yourself. Now, always say this, I'm not gonna stop being me so I can be the me that you prefer for me to be. But Mm -hmm. you shouldn't stop being you so you can be the me that I prefer for you to be. We should be able to coexist. And when we're able to coexist, it's collaboration over competition and it's harmony. But it's all about allowing one another to express they're truth because everything a person says towards me, my first thought process is to look at it like it's not towards me. That's because you're never supposed to assume intent. You're always supposed to strive towards redirecting the energy or trusting that the energy is flowing in a direction that you trust is positive and you trust that everything is working for you and not against you. So when I come across other people, I know it's not meant for things to go left. It's meant for things to go right. Even if sometimes things got to go left just to go right. But my holistic understanding, my, my expansive point of view on life and on life situations, it helps me understand that we're, we're supposed to be able to fully express ourselves like a butterfly. A butterfly come, come around another butterfly and they just they fly together. And Mm, when it's it's and one last thing, not to cut you off. No, no, no. One butterfly is so busy flying in this lane, it's not even worrying about if the other butterfly is not flying the way in which it's supposed to fly. It want to be able to be in harmony and synchronization with them both living their truth, and that's how you have the perfect relationship, the perfect bond. But if one butterfly be like. Uh, I'm not flying, I'm not focused on my truth, but Mm -hmm. I'm focused on whether or not you're focused on your truth or not. Now, that's going to create disharmony just because we're focused on the wrong thing. So, like, only your thoughts exist or someone else's thinking doesn't matter without you thinking about their thinking.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It does matter. it, it, It can matter. But at the same time, it doesn't matter without you thinking about their thinking. But if you choose to think about their thinking or their greatness or things that they basically express, then unconsciously you start to highlight their characteristics over your characteristics to where it becomes something else. But the moment you're too busy highlighting your characteristics, then certain thoughts would never enter your psyche. Yeah. Because you're too busy living your truth and your reality.
1: I think that's the perfect... um... Analogy for what I want to bring to the self-publishing world. I want us all to work together and flow together. Your book is not in competition with anybody else's book. And vice versa. It's really your truth, your story, your spiritual download. It's nothing
0: like the power of a black woman. You know, you
1: you can't compete
0: with the heart. of. See, right in front of your heart, the the black woman, the black woman, that, that energy of the black woman, she's naturally living from her heart a man, we have to make sure we don't be so intellectual and logical because we can be so logical that we can disconnect with emotions. And that's why I say as a man, a man is not fully a man until he learned to embrace his feminine with his masculine. And that's allowing yourself to be sensitive, to be intuitive, to be compassionate. So I'm about saying, okay, um, I, would, I would throw the towel in and say, I give up before I allow things to to go a certain way, just because as a man, you're supposed to respect a woman enough to submit and to honor her presence and to not always try to basically exude dominance. It's about being able to be humble enough to be submissive in a respectful way to where you're able to respect yourself as well as the other person. So a, I salute you. Thank you. I salute thank you because you, everything you did, like I, I wrote one book, and I I be trying to wrap my mind around how people wrote ten books, and and that always been a thing for me. Yeah. So for you to say you wrote how many you wrote, and I don't know the specific number. I don't either. That's impressive it's it's to close me. to a
1: hundred. That thank is.
0: My, and see, that inspires me. Yeah. Because yeah. I I don't I see people like you doing stuff like that, and that makes me think like. One day I wanna be like her. One day one day I hope I can be able to say the same exact thing because that's impressive. That's it's beautiful. very impressive.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And,
0: I and I'm I only have a piece of the puzzle, but you got a piece of the puzzle always new before, even before today. Yeah. I'm like, we're gonna have to have a certain talk, a spiritual talk.
1: Oh yeah, know? we still not done. This is just a, a small, a small I talk. <laughs> I think, I think, look, never belittle your greatness is phenomenal. I, I thank you for coming and, and speaking to me about it. You're going to be back on with your next book. And um, yes. I just, I thank you for blessing the world with your energy and blessing the right to livers. Where can they find you? Um, on social? Where can they get your books? Tell us all of that.
0: <clears throat> so on Instagram, <clears throat> my name on Instagram is mastery underscore psychology. Um, and you can inbox me or you can um, click the link in my in my bio or on my page or whatever. Um, then on Facebook, my name is Aubrey Sturdevant, which is A U B R E Y. Then S T U R D as in David I V A N T. So Aubrey Sturdevant on Facebook and Self underscore Psychology on
1: Instagram. Thank you, sir. Everybody, go check out. Aubrey's book, man, thank you so much, a million times over. I'm gonna make sure everybody can find all your work. Um, Right to Livers, it's a blessing, it's an honor, it's a privilege to have Aubrey on and telling us about his process, all of his thoughts. Um, Thanks again, because we write to live. Peace and love. I wanna thank Aubrey again for being on the podcast. It was great having him on, especially on the first episode. Uh, if you want to contact Aubrey, you can do so at on Instagram. It is selfmastery underscore psychology on Instagram, and you can find his book, Never Belittle Your Greatness, on Amazon. I want to thank Aubrey once more, a million times over, for enlightening us. If you have any questions for me, you can hit me up uh, at my email, Soleil at soleidivine.com. Soleil Divine across all social media and you can also access us through our Right to Live Instagram page so I appreciate you for listening and above all else keep writing because we write to live.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Right to Live podcast. Share and subscribe and above all else keep writing because we write to live.